Have you ever noticed that people become like their pets? Recently, a professional animal photographer set out to capture the surprising similarities between dogs and their owners. I mean, how cute is this little old lady and her fluffy white dog? It just makes me laugh. Or how about this side-eyed bulldog? I mean, neither of them look friendly. I don't want to meet them. Or how about this cute kid? I mean, his amazing dog. And I'm sure this is staged a little, but that is just amazing. And finally, since we're in church, how about this one? I mean, he even has a matching spot on his neck to match the collar. That is one spiritual dog. But I already knew that dogs are more spiritual than I am because I learned when I was a kid, all dogs go to heaven. The other day, I was thinking about this and we went to a dog park with Fred and Patty right over here at Hermosa. In the evenings, a whole bunch of dogs come and they brought their friendly little puppy, which fits because they're friendly people and that's why they're on their welcoming team here at church. But it was just so fun to be together and Unfortunately, we don't have a pet. We just have Catherine. And she was running around with all of the animals, just chasing the balls and having a blast. And at one point, she ran away. And without skipping a beat, I yelled, Catherine, come here, girl. And I clapped. And as soon as I did it, I just started laughing. Sometimes it's good to laugh at ourselves. Chasing a toddler can be a lot like chasing a dog, only they're a little harder to train. But it's true. We begin to become like the people that we're with. And I was with them and I was with all the dog owners. And I just, I just flipped a switch and just caught her like a puppy. But it's true for all of us. We become who we spend time with. Our life is like a group of magnets and we move in the direction of who we are with. What about you? In big or small ways, how are you drawn or shaped by the people who are around you? Have you ever found yourself using baby words when you talk to a baby and then you realize how silly you sound? Aren't you so cute? Look at those chubby little cheeks. Oh, I just want to squeeze you. You know these aren't all of the appropriate things to greet someone at church, another adult. It probably gets you slapped just saying. But we naturally do it when we're talking to a baby. And we naturally do this in groups of people too. We look to find common ground. And we, we take up topics that we know that the other person is going to be interested in. And we begin to take on their characteristics the longer we hang out as well. But what about in some more serious ways? Have you ever had a relationship with a person that was difficult? or was toxic, and no matter how hard you tried, you, couldn't, you just couldn't break the cycle with them. And no matter how, when you were around them, you just found yourself stuck. Maybe it was a coworker that was always negative, and they talked behind everyone's back. And although you didn't reciprocate, you found it really, really hard to try and change the tone of the conversation, or to shift to something positive. Maybe it even got to the point where you had to simply walk away because the only way to, to pull away from their negative energy was to just set some healthy boundaries by simply saying, I can't go there. But the reverse is also true. 
Have you ever hung out with someone that when, when you left, you just felt so encouraged? They were such a positive person and so encouraging that not only did you laugh until your sides hurt, but you left feeling lighter, refreshed, wondering, why don't I hang out with this person more often? All of us know people in both of those camps. And it's true because our life is like a group of magnets and we move in the direction of who we are with. And so this morning, I want us to dig a little about how important it is that we make Jesus Lord over our tribe. Now, your tribe may be your family, or your tribe may be your close friends, or your tribe may be your coworkers. It's, it's, the, people, it's the group of people that you spend the most time with who shape you. And they, make, they may be people that you like, or they may be people that you are stuck with. But, but that, is, that is why I like to use the word tribe, because I want you to fill in the blank of who those people are and what roles you allow them to carry in your life. But I believe that Jesus has something to say to each and every one of us today through his word about what our allegiances are and, and, and how we allow God to be the God over our relationships and God over our tribe. Now, the Bible says that Jesus is Lord and that Jesus is Lord over my life. And last week, Pastor Mike talked about how we are called to follow Jesus in a personal way, where, where Jesus is Lord over all of our lives. Following Jesus transforms us, and it starts with our head, our heart, and our hands. It impacts every area of our life, and it starts with me, but it doesn't end there. It's not just a personal faith, but it's a communal one. Jesus is Lord over our community, Lord over our relationships, Lord over our tribe. And so this morning, we're going to turn back to Titus, and we're going to turn to Titus chapter 2, where, where Paul is speaking to Titus about the health of the body of Christ. And Titus is working with the church on the island of Crete in Greece. And islands can be isolating places. You know, you can get island fever. And, and when we are in isolation, things can get funky, just like that sealed Tupperware container in the back of your fridge. Sometimes you got to just take it out and air it out and get some fresh perspective on living and, and being together or things get funky and they grow and they get weird, right? No offense on Tupperware. It does a great job of sealing it in. But like we sometimes need some fresh perspective. And Paul is giving Titus fresh perspective on the church here. And in chapter one, he talks about elders and leaders within the church and how they must lead by example faithful to their spouses, and lead their children well, and to exhibit a heart of character. And then in chapter 2 is, is where Titus is to teach all of God's people to be holy and to live godly lives, because how we act and who we surround ourselves with really matters. And he has a, 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 a word for older women and men. And, and so we pick up here in verse chapter 2. It says, Teach the older men to be temperate, worthy of respect, self-controlled, 
sound in faith, in love, and in endurance. Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderous or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. And and then he moves on to even more words to, to younger women and to men. And he says this, he picks up and he says, urge the younger women to love their husbands and children and to be self-controlled and pure and to be busy at home and, and to be kind and to be subject to their husbands so that no one will malign the word of God. Similarly, encourage the young men to be self-controlled in everything, set them an example by doing what is good. In your teaching, show integrity, seriousness, and soundness of speech that cannot be condemned, so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us. You see, Paul is encouraging the church to take this stuff seriously. To set up, and he sets up a pattern and a way of mentoring each other where he's, he's encouraging the, the older men and women to live character and lives that are an example to the young and to the young, to their kids, but also to look up. And it's this mentoring back and forth relationship. Paul and Titus are encouraging the church that, that how we live matters and how we shape each other matters. And there's, there's two keys here. It's, it's water and iron. Water. How we act is an overflow of who we are. Proverbs 27, 19 says this. As water reflects the face, so one's life reflects the heart. Let me explain this by using one of the Jesus' own analogies. In Luke 6, 43, he says, No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. You see, how we act is a reflection of who we are. And Paul is reminding Titus to teach the older and the younger men and women to act in a way that reflects the heart of God. You see, whenever I was young, I used to say, they made me do it. And, and this happened and, and so-and-so do this. And, and, and I couldn't help it but simply react. And that's how I acted and that's who I was. And But as I grew up, I learned that hard times don't make me do things. They simply reveal what is already in us. So in summary, water is a way of of saying that water, how we act is an overflow or a reflection of who we are. Water reflects a mirror back. It shows us our heart, or it's an overflow of our heart that the mouth speaks. And that is why Pastor Mike's message last week was so important. Because because our heart and our mind and what we think about, what we dwell on, who we are matters because our actions flow out of that. But water and iron... And the second key from this passage and from Scripture that I want us to see is is iron. 
Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. You see, who we are around matters because it's a reciprocal relationship. They are a reflection on me, and I am a reflection on them. And we will either make each other stronger, better, healthier, and more and more like Christ, or we will drag each other down further and further into dysfunction, hatred, bitterness, backstabbing, like whatever, you name it, our friends are either going to make us better or they're going to drag us down. We will shape each other. And, we, and, and you could probably tell if you've been hanging, who you've been hanging out with. And you could probably tell if I've been hanging out with Pastor Nick a lot because I'm going to start telling the most amazing dad jokes. You know, I heard one just this week. Where did you learn to make a banana split? In Sunday school. You just gotta love dad jokes, right? Right? But science tells us that we are the average of the five to six people that we spend time with. And Pastor Mike just told me this week as I was preparing for this message, he said, show me your friends and I will show you your future. And it's true. We begin to become like those people who we spend time with. As iron sharpens iron, it's either going to make us sharper or it's going to make us duller. You know, that's what this means. And and Paul has specific words here to different groups of people, to older men and women, to younger men and women, to different classes of society as the text goes on. All classes of society. No one is exempt from the offer of salvation, to make Jesus Lord of our life and Lord of our relationships. In verse 11, we pick it up and it says this, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. While we wait for the blessed hope The appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify us for himself, a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. You see, Jesus is saying here that that, that Jesus is Lord of all of our relationships, of our community, of our tribe, because these relationships will shape us for good or for bad. And God wants to be Lord of your relationships this morning. He wants to call us to something more. The book of Titus is is a call to the church in Crete because it's no different from us in our church today. We all struggle to make Jesus Lord of our lives. We all struggle to make Jesus Lord of our relationships. I know I do. And and this isn't just about people who are around us, but it's about who I am when I'm around different people. Do I change? Do Do I become like a chameleon and become different people? I know that this is one of the things that 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 I struggle with because let me give you an example. One of my good friends when I was growing up, he would sometimes change based on who we were hanging around. And when it was just the two of us, we had the best time. But but this was hard because sometimes when there were other people around, 
I didn't always know who I was or how I fit in. And, and, and these moments were difficult for me and I got frustrated. But the truth is that I did this too. But I first noticed it in others before I became more self-aware enough to see that I did the exact same thing. Sometimes we see it in others first, right? And then we see it in ourselves because we do this. But what if, what if we became the type of people who were so enamored with Jesus that we didn't change, but we began to change the people who were around us? And I know that this is hard, but but this is what Jesus did over and over again. Jesus began to form the 12 disciples. He took ordinary people and began to form his character in them. And he began to set them on fire. And I love to see when people are set on fire. There's a famous quote that is often attributed to John Wesley, where he says, catch on fire with enthusiasm or passion, and people will come for miles to watch you burn. I love that. Catch on fire with enthusiasm, and people will come for miles to watch you burn. Unfortunately, historians say Wesley never actually said it. But there's so much truth to this quote that the, the, the fun part is, now you're free to simply say, I said it. Or you said it, and you can quote it on Instagram and put it in your new book because there's truth in this quote. And the truth is, we are all drawn to people who are on fire for something that is real. We desire to see something that is real and people that are passionately pursuing it. I remember just after high school being a part of a Bible study that, that was so powerful that people would would literally drive from four different states within a, over an hour radius to come to this Bible study on a work night because people saw other people being radically changed by Jesus, coming to know Jesus. And, and, and people saw people who were addicted uh, to alcohol, drugs, and porn, you name it. We saw people's lives changed, people set free. We saw young people change careers and go in a different direction. We saw people go into ministry and into missions, and we saw the power of God move in people's lives where we saw people's lives changed, where they, one day they were going in one direction, and, and literally the next day they were going in a completely different direction. And there was no area of their lives that were off limits to what God was doing. It changed them personally because Jesus was Lord of their lives. And that's what Pastor Mike talked about last week. But, but then we saw that Jesus was Lord of their tribe, of their relationships, of how they treated their boyfriend or girlfriend or spouse or whatever, their friends, their lives changed. And, and people want to be a part of that. And some of you may have experienced that in your life. Maybe you saw it in your generation. And you were so excited to see that. Or, or maybe you're here this morning wondering if that is even still possible. But if you're asking that question, let me give you two examples where I saw this happen recently. The first comes from recovery. 
And I, this is one of the privileges with the church that I get to work with recovery, but some of the greatest stories that we have, I can't even share all of the details, but let me just paint you a picture without all of the details and names. The other week, a couple of weeks ago, after one of our meetings, a guy came up to me and asked if he could speak to me privately. And he said, I need some prayer. And, and I, don't, I don't know how to let it go. I said, well, what do you mean? And he started to share with me a story of some of the abuse that he suffered as a child, raised in a single parent dysfunctional home and some of the abuse and the trauma that he experienced. And he said, I don't know how to let it go. And I've tried to let it go. And I remind myself that, that they did the best that they knew how and that they were dealing with their own demons. And I try to let it go. But, but the other day, I was with my child and it had been a long day, and, and they made a complete mess at dinner. And, and in just a split second, I saw red, and I raised my voice, and I yelled at my child. And I didn't lay a hand on them, but, but they're only a child. And they were only doing things that kids do. And he began to weep, and he said, but how do I let go of the past? Wow. I was on sacred ground. And I got to pray with this man with tears in his eyes, trying to learn how to parent in ways that he had never experienced, how to parent in a way that he had never been parented, how to break the cycle and to give love in a way that he had never been loved, and how to break new ground and to leave a different legacy, a legacy that you are a part of. Thank you, church, for having a recovery program. Thank you, church, for allowing me to give time to this, to make a difference in our community where we are seeing lives changed, legacies changed, that these kids are going to have a different parent because of the transformation of lives changed and people giving their lives to God. But even in the danger of telling this story, there's a temptation to think that things only happen like this in big and flashy ways. And so I want to tell you a second moment, a second story that was simple and could have easily been missed, but it's no less powerful. And, and, it's, and it's somebody taking one simple step in the journey. You see, we are the summary of the people we surround ourselves with. And, and the other day, you know, Catherine is at the stage where she loves singing nursery rhymes. And we have this new game in our life where we try and figure out what she's singing and see if we can join her. And if we get it right, she like just like lights up and she begins to clap and smile because we figured out whatever the tune it was that she was hungry, that she was humming. And so the other day we were in the car and Catherine started singing a new song. And it was a song we had never heard her sing. And it it was one of it didn't take us too long to figure out. But the crazy part is we still have no idea where she learned it because she didn't learn it from us. What was the song? It was this beat. You get it? She was singing Jesus Loves Me. And, and we love that she was singing this song. And the reason she's never sung it is because we have always sung her a different version of that song with a different 
tune and we've sang it over her from the time that she was born, but we've never sang that version of the song. And we were perplexed and we were trying to figure out how did she sing this song? And, and, and it was just so precious. And it, it, I, because someone else was implanting seeds in her of the kingdom of God. And it may have been intentional or it may have been unintentional. We still don't know where she got it. But, but they were showing her the heart of God. And that's exactly the kind of people that I want planting seeds in my daughter's life. And so thank you. Thank you to our community. Thank you. It may have been one of, it's somewhere, it's someone imprinting on her. Yet you see, so often in life, we drift. And we allow YouTube or TV or the things of our culture around us and to impact us or our children and without thinking or knowing what they what, what kind of influencing they are having, we are allowing a variety of things to influence us all the time. And so this morning, I want to I want to leave you with a challenge. I want to challenge you. Who is your tribe? Who are those people in your life who are beginning to imprint you, beginning to leave a, a, an indelible mark on your life? And so I want to challenge you this week to take out a piece of paper and a pen and, and take some time to write out who are the people who are influencing you the most. Who's your tribe? Is it family? Is it friends? Is it coworker? And, and people that you spend the most time with and, and listen to? Or, or is it other people in your life? It, it might even be an author or a podcast or a news anchor like this person is, is beginning to influence me in tone and thought. But who are these voices that I am listening to that are shaping me? And, and this could be for good or for bad, but write these names down and come up with a top five. Or maybe you even want to come up with a top 10, whatever it is. But just come up with a, a list of people and then begin to think about each and every one of these relationships. And then the second part is begin to pray and to take a moment to be grateful for the people in your life who, who are building you up. And maybe, maybe write them a note or, or, or let them know how they have been shaping you this week, making you a better person because we don't often let people know how they have impacted us. But also take a moment to be honest about the relationships that you have that are difficult. And what is one thing this week that could change or to make it healthier. Maybe you need to begin to pray for that person, that coworker who is always negative. And when you get home after a long day, you just, you feel negative. It was a hard day because we never know what, what they are going through. And pray that God would give you the Holy Spirit insight to do what is next and how to take that next step. What are you to do? It may mean that you need to change something. Maybe I need to change who I am around that person. Or, or maybe I need to change and to set some boundaries. Or, or maybe I even need to walk away and change and say, I can't be a part of this relationship anymore. I don't know what it is, but, but pray and allow God to lead you. But remember that you can't change another person. You can only change how 
you respond. But if we pray and we change how we act, we will change the relationship. We will begin to change who we are and we will begin to become more and more like who God wants us to be. And the church of Crete and, and, the, and the church of today will rise up when we begin to pray and allow God's word to influence and change us. And so finally today, I encourage you to find your tribe, your people, the places where God has given you influence and to use that influence that you have give, been given and, and, and to let us give those areas of our lives to God. For God is Lord over all. He is Lord over my life. He is Lord over my relationships, my community, and my tribe. And so this morning, as we come to a place of prayer this morning, let's, let's take the words of Titus seriously. And, and let's become like the dog people we saw this morning and begin to become more like the people that we are around Let's let it be a good thing. And let's give it to God this morning. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for your word. And I thank you for the ways in which you challenge us to be mentored by the people who are around us. Maybe it's older or younger people, but, but places where iron sharpens iron where we get real about what's in our heart and what's coming in and flowing out. And Lord, we give this all to you. We give our tribe to you. We give our relationships to you. And we ask you to begin to either change us or to begin to change the relationships that we have to where we can better reflect you and your heart in our world. God, we give you all that we are. We give you every relationship we have. And we ask that you would show up and move in our tribe today. In Jesus' powerful name we pray. Amen. Well, I just want to thank you guys so much for being here with us today. Thank you for being my tribe. And thank you for making me a better person. And I hope that we get to do this life together. And so if you need prayer, don't hesitate to reach out to one of us through our website or join us for one of our prayer times on Facebook. But we love you. We appreciate you. And know that we are praying for you. And I hope that this week we get to be a tribe together that becomes more beautiful and more graciously reflects the heart of God. And so as you go this week, may you be encouraged, may you be loved, and may you experience God's grace today. God bless.